welcome to this week's By Every Word. Um, I am here, Kulvi myself, and uh, Lalita, how are you doing today? Great. Hi, Kulvi. I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thank you. Wonderful. It's another week in our study mm-hmm. for the Book of Acts. We are halfway through, huh? We're, yeah. we're actually getting closer to the other half now. Yeah. And uh, today we are, uh, I will allow you to start uh, where um, Paul is coming from Athens and what happens mm-hmm. next. Okay. Here you go. Thank you, Kulvi. So we, uh, we are in chapter 18 of Acts and we see that um, incident wise, uh, Acts 18 is no less in, in the uh, events that happen in Paul's life and in his missionary journey. This is the last part of uh, Paul's second missionary journey where he travels from Athens to Corinth. Um, Now, just to give you a little background about Corinth, Corinth was an ancient commercial city with two important ports. The name Corinth means satisfied ornament uh, or beauty. They were known for their wealth due to their strategic location for trade and commerce. It also had a remarkable reputation for loose living and sexual immorality, which was permitted under the extremely prevalent worship of Aphrodite, also known as Venus. We see many similarities between Corinth and large thriving cities in our time, where there is wealth, love of pleasure, hedonism, and various forms of sexual immorality, which are accepted in our day as well. Athens, by contrast, which we, um, which we studied in the last chapter last week, uh, we see Athens, by contrast, was the intellectual capital of the Greco-Roman world. And as we saw the last time, Paul had dialogues, and he reasoned with the philosophers of Athens, and some accepted Um, the gospel, and some rejected it, whereas some said, okay, we'll put it off for another time. So we see here that uh, Paul is in Corinth, which is a huge, thriving, bustling city, and he found a Jew named Aquila, who was originally from Pontus, which was under Roman rule, and he had recently come to Corinth with his wife Priscilla, The Jews had been expelled from Rome by Emperor Claudius, and this happened in AD 49. They were tent makers by trade, and so was Paul, and he stayed with them. He he practiced his tent making trade, and he, uh, he then preached in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade the Jews and the Greeks. By way of note, Paul, possibly while working alongside Priscilla and Aquila, led them to Christ. They are frequently mentioned in the pages of scripture as faithful workers and helpers of the apostle. Some references are in Acts 18, verse 18, Acts 18, 26, Romans 16, 3, 1 Corinthians 16, 19, being some of the reference to them in scripture. They worked alongside Paul. We see in verse five that Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia. So they joined Paul from Macedonia and Paul was teaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. 
and he was compelled by the Spirit to give this message. We see that specifically mentioned in verse 5. But yet again, as we saw in previous chapters, he faced opposition because it said that they opposed him. Not only did they oppose him, they blasphemed, they blasphemed him. And it says, after, uh, after preaching and receiving this kind of uh, opposition from them, it says, he shook his garments and said to them, your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. I'm, I'm reminded of the verse in Matthew 10, 14 and 15, where Jesus said, if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Then we see in verse 8, despite the opposition from the Jews, we also see that Crispus, who was the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with, with his um, household. And many of the Corinthians hearing, they believed and were baptized. So we see here that together with the opposition from the Jews, that there were also a group of people that heard his word, heard the gospel, and believed and were baptized. And then we also come across Paul's vulnerability. His vulnerability is so noteworthy. We usually think of Paul being bold and fearless, yet he suffered just as we do from apprehensions and fears. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 2, 3, he says, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. But then in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11, he talks about delighting in weaknesses, insults, hardships, and persecutions. For he says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. He had learned that secret that we don't have to put on, um, we don't have to appear brave or even feel brave because in our weaknesses and in our apprehensions and fears, that the strength of Christ is made strong. And we just need to rely on him and depend on him. So Jesus encouraged Paul in a vision where he tells him, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you for I have many people in this city. We see the heart of God in this for people because we see underneath the veneer of wealth and prosperity and seeming to have it all, there is in the hearts of those who do not have Jesus in their, who do not have Jesus in their hearts, there in their lives, there is an emptiness and God knew who those people were and he wanted to reach them. And he so, and so he encouraged Paul to continue his preaching and teaching, which he did for a year and a half. So he stayed in Corinth for a considerable amount of time uh, teaching and preaching um, and preaching the gospel and then following, following it up with more in-depth teaching. So um, Kulvi, at this point, um, would you like to add anything, any comments or insights? Yeah, well, I, I definitely uh, agree with you that uh, we always think of Paul being super strong and just relentless and never turning back and never having a hard day. 
Yeah. Um, but as you said, here we can see that the Lord had to appear for him to encourage him. He's been alone now uh, since Athens. He went to Athens and, mm -hmm. and uh, just facing all these persecutions, seeing that his life is not his own in a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just uh, being encouraged by God and speaking up according to his call. That just reminds me again how at the time of his uh, repentance at first, the Lord said, I will show you how much you have to suffer. And I will bring you to the um, rulers and uh, and uh, people, kings and rulers, so that you would be able to speak of me. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. We, we see it happening and it's only mm -hmm. going to get more and more intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kulvi. So we'll just go on to this next segment from verses 12 through 17, where it talks about um, Gallio, who was proconsul, or he was like the governor of Achaia. And uh, it was during his rule over there that the Jews with one accord, not surprisingly, the Jews with one accord rose up against Paul and brought him to the judgment seat. And they said, uh, the, uh, they uh, brought him to the uh, to the judgment seat with the accusation, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. And um, uh, we see that, um, but Gallio, who was the proconsul, as I said earlier, he didn't interfere because he said uh, it was not a matter of wrongdoing. It wasn't like Paul was doing anything criminal or he was being accused of any uh, criminal activity, but it was just of some little matters of their law. So he said, you deal with it. And then um, we see in verse 17, where it says, um, this time it was the Greeks who took Sosthenes. Usually it was the Jews who rose up and you know did the, um, did the uh, accusing and even actual beating or running them out of town. But we see here in verse 17 that it was the Greeks who took Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and they beat him before the judgment seat. But then again, Gallio took no notice of these things. So um, we see that Gallio's uh, reaction to Paul was, um, you know, one of just letting them deal with, with the issues rather than for him to interfere and get involved. Yeah. Did you, Lalita, know um, that um, Gallio was also a brother of Seneca? You know, the yes, philosopher yes. Seneca? Right. Yes. And yes. Uh, later when in Philippians, Paul is writing the letter, he's saying, all God's people here send you greetings, especially to those who belong to Caesar's household. Uh, so he was actually a tutor of Nero. And later they become, they had a whole letter exchange and communication with Paul. So that's an interesting thing that doesn't yeah, reach our Bible. Yeah. It just shows to us how, what an influence Paul really had. Mm -hmm. and the other thing I think we're getting to the Sosthenes again in 1 Corinthians 1.1, 1, 1, the Bible calls him a brother. So it's not 100% it's the same Sosthenes, but it is a very, very um, logical conclusion that it would be that same man. Mm -hmm. And the idea, again, and Paul's influence just really reached those courtyard people, the, the real helpers of uh, rulers of Rome mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, he was discouraged, but it also was a spiritually a very strong landscape. Mm -hmm. He was in, uh, you know, right. in Europe. He's in Europe. He's literally hashing a new ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never easy that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else there? 
No, uh, I think I have said what I wanted to say and okay. uh, yeah, you can take over. Sounds good. You yeah. know, one thing I also wanted to say, uh, the verse five is interesting. Mm -hmm. Remember before, before five, it says uh, that he was only um, going to Sabbath. And mm -hmm. four, it says, reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trying to persuade. Uh, but then after Silas and Timothy come uh, from Macedonia, they mm -hmm. bring him actually the gift offering from, uh, from the Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is going to be refreshed. He's able now to, and I know not every Bible uh, translation say it. I think the clearest is from NASB where it says uh, he now was enabled by the spirit to, to daily uh, mm. go and persuade them and work with them. So he mm. didn't have to support himself. So interesting thing too, yeah. totally yeah. technical, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, the Greeks considered working with your own hands kind of low. And in some Paul's writings, you see that they're saying, hey, we're getting beaten. We're getting considered as the dung of the earth. Mm -hmm. We're working with our own hands and so on. And obviously he was a highly intelligent, you know, mm -hmm. um, highly educated person, yeah. as we all already know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then the Jewish people valued the handiwork or the craftsmanship very highly. And in Jewish um, like families, it was said that if you don't teach your son to any craft, then it would be as good as teaching them to steal from the get-go. So I thought that's interesting, right? Yeah. That um, it does support him um, with ability to make money as needed. He does not want to rely on people's good givings. Uh, he wants to be able to work uh, even with his own hands too. And another even more technical thing too, that I learned just now, did not know it. When we say tent makers, it's also mm -hmm. leather workers. So it could be any kind of leather work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, some of those tools and things were highly mobile. So you could carry mm -hmm. them from place yeah. to place and put mm -hmm. your shop up. Yeah. And, uh, just interesting little um, yeah. Yeah. historical yeah. ideas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Galileo really made his stomach very hard. He is seeing beatings and things and he mm -hmm. is saying, hey, you guys are just the Judah. He saw them as a little sect of Judaism mm -hmm. that they disagree. Now, uh, his ruling really gave a legal door, uh, kept, uh, kept it open for a little bit longer. Later, obviously, the war becomes very big and the Jews are going to say this is not our sect at all. Christians are, you know, the enemies and it becomes illegal. But for right now, Gallio's ruling really makes this precedent legally where they can move, move and work and uh, spread the word of the God uh, there. All right. And then in verse uh, 18, uh, Paul stayed many days longer and took the leave of brothers and set sail for Syria. And with him, he took then Priscilla and Aquila. So he is leaving behind Silas and Timothy. And Luke is still nowhere to be seen. Luke was left at, I think, eight, what was it, 16. Um, and, and he's coming back or reappears in chapter 20. So right now he's uh, leaving Silas and Timothy, but taking those new friends of his, um, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, interesting thing too, um, Priscilla is named out of six times, they're mentioned by in the Bible six times, and four times he's mentioned first, very unusual. Mm -hmm. In antiquity and especially in Greece, 
the women, uh, I mean, they, they would not be mentioned first mm-hmm. unless, and then there is now two obvious uh, reasons. And it seems mm-hmm. that both of them are true with Priscilla mm-hmm. um, is if a wife is highly um, wealthy mm-hmm. and marries someone who is not as wealthy. So he mm-hmm. is, she is the woman of stature. Mm-hmm. Um and the other is if they would be very influential. So mm. that's then the same thing that mm-hmm. that her talent or giftedness or her influence would make her um, go first. And in mm. Estonia, funny thing, my mom always said too that you go, you mentioned the first, the one who is more of importance, right? So mm. sometimes in some cases the woman would go first, and in mm. some cases the man. And it was almost like you have to decide which way it's this time mm. I don't think in English we have that separation but in Jewish yeah. culture and in Greek it was very very much you saw in the letter who was mm-hmm. the lead mm. um, another thing here is that they were uh, those leather workers or tent makers now in Corinth every time you would have a craftsman you would also they would need to be part of the guild guild mm-hmm. these are those ancient groups of craftsmen mm-hmm. who uh, would keep together it's almost like a union uh, but in Corinth and in ancient Greece it was highly idolatrous so when the guild would get together they would have these drinking parties and idolatries they would have to take part of probably the immorality that was just required that was just part of being in good society mm-hmm. so very um, likely both Paul and Priscilla and Aquila were just um excluded from it I mean they would not take part of it so they would help each other as the family of God instead so he is taking them and like you said probably they received the word of God from Paul Mm -hmm. so now he's taking them um, with him then and uh, interesting fact here at Kenkrai Senkrai Sankria. Sankria. Uh-huh. (laughs) he had cut his hair because he was Uh under the oath Again, couple options, but most likely we are reading about the um, Nazarene, mm-hmm. uh, Nazarite one, well, yeah, yeah. the na- number 618, and actually do not say Nazarene, that is a different thing, right? Nazarene would be somebody from... <laughs> <laughs> Nazaria. Yeah. Uh, but Nazirite, wow, uh, would be in number 618 and Judges 13, 15. You remember Samson? He's right. out, yeah, his hair was not to be cut because that was yeah. a child, he was a yeah. child of wow, he would lose his strength, God would mm-hmm. be not with him. Mm-hmm. And um, but in uh, Jewish, very highly Jewish culture the people or men could come up with their own vows. So let's say a thanksgiving to God, or if you do this, then I will um, bear this vow in your presence, and then I will be this way and that way. And it would have certain rules with it, but then the hair would be the outward sign for it. We will see another interesting account, and that's uh, in Acts 21, 23, where um, people are asking Paul to actually take part of another vow just so that they would show that he is still a law-abiding citizen. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. interesting thing. We don't, uh, we sometimes think it's um, controversial. Mm -hmm. Why would he do these things if he is now against the law? Mm -hmm. But um, I think we're too quick sometimes even to, um, to just discard everything that is good in the law as well and I feel that um, it's like fasting you know we take time to fast and pray Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't want to say that these things are the deeds of the law 
they're the deeds of love if they're well mm -hmm. done, if they're mm -hmm. rightly done. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, Paul's uh, study and background of knowing how these things were written in the book of Numbers and Leviticus and places, um, he would carry those things. And sometimes I wonder if, if what else interesting things he would know that we don't even know. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, uh, it is then very Jewish. All right. Then he, um, yes, I mentioned about the money. He is able now to take that money and start mm -hmm. traveling. And, and uh, in Philippians 4, 14 to 18, he says that Philippians were the only ones sending at that time. So it was his beginning of the uh, journeys and uh, there was no one else to share in his um, hardships or in his uh, financial burdens. Um, yes. All right, then he will go back to Ephesus synagogue, goes to Ephesus and starts mm -hmm. teaching them. Now, Ephesus has been a place where he's been wanting to go so many times. As a matter of fact, where every time Holy Spirit <laughs> moved them to a different direction, he was kind of targeting Ephesus. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder, too, we're talking about the fact that the Lord had to come and say, don't be discouraged. You know, why was he discouraged? We are seeing all these amazing results of rulers and people and synagogue mm -hmm. leaders coming mm -hmm. to the Lord. But um, but I do think that we don't realize how much of that beating and mockery mm -hmm. and uh, and um, hardships might have eaten up on him. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he had been from his um, turn to God was about 18 years. That's mm -hmm. what we were 15 to 18 years at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're this strong-headed person who is going face-to-face yeah. -face with Jews on every corner. And yeah, you're starting yeah. to see a pattern that every time there is a breakthrough, mm. there's going to be this mob trying to kill you or get yeah. you out of town or yeah. mock you. Everywhere he turns, he's speaking badly, mm -hmm. uh, except by the Christians who are mm. bought by the same blood of Christ. You know, mm. everybody else considers him an absolute Mm. Uh, you know wrong wrong in every account mm. and uh you know 18 years can wear on and off on you I think yeah. so yeah you know and then the money you don't know when you see your next supply mm -hmm. coming you're gonna look for work and then the guilds they're not open to you and you're a traveling man anyway too so uh the body of Christ at that time very important and sometimes I think too till this day Jews very much hold together uh, when somebody needs a job or has a business idea or they are moving and and um, they need help to finding their place to take root, mm. they always turn out to their, they, they ask uh, for their brothers and sisters uh, locally mm. to be connected. Um, this is just something that I think we as Christians should keep our hearts and eyes open to. How mm. can we help, realistically mm. help one another? Um, he is going to be there just a little time in Ephesus and the people are asking him to stay, but he says, no, looks like it uh, might've been that the trade. So the trip that he's going to take from there to Caesarea and Antioch, Galatia, Phrygia, it is kind of seasonal. It, in the winter, it's closed. And then mm -hmm. in the spring or in the fall, you can, you can take that trip. Mm -hmm. So some of these uh, commentator study people have said that it might be that he just has to take this time. Mm -hmm. But then in chapter 20, we'll see him being back and spending three years there. Now, Ephesus is a huge center of this Hellenistic lifestyle and, mm -hmm. and the center of uh, Diana worship, you mm -hmm. know, the, the again, um, 
everything that is in, in uh, ancient Greek and Rome, uh, the sciences, the arts, the philosophy, the orators, every, the highest of the high is there. Temples everywhere. And you are the one who goes against the whole grain. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has been his goal. That's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit has pressed on his heart to mm-hmm. go and tackle the, mm-hmm. the jugular, if you think mm-hmm. about it, to yeah. really go after. And he says, if God wills, I'll be back. Uh, and uh, in James 4, 15, we see the same thing. We, James is saying, instead, you ought to say if the Lord is willing, because you cannot really promise over your own ability. Mm-hmm. But as the Lord gives you ability, we can say those things. And obviously, he had learned in his trip that Holy Spirit can tackle you and say, mm-hmm. no, you won't yeah. go to that direction. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of this uh, little section here, then he finishes up, he goes from Corinth to Ephesus, then Caesarea. Then it says, funny, it says, up to church. Um, and it is up to Jerusalem, right? Mm-hmm. So two ways, when we look at the map, it actually goes down. But Jews always say up, up to Jerusalem, because it's the hill, it's the hill of the Holy One, it is the beautiful city, it's always upward, even though on the map it may look uh, the other ways. Um, Exactly, yeah, it looks south. Um, And then he goes uh, finally down to Antioch, which is exactly up in our, uh, when we look, and Antioch then Now, in Jerusalem, he is probably telling all the things that the Lord has done. And can you imagine, that is a little bit of a side thought. He has been down. He has been actually weak. And the Holy Spirit is is building him up. He's just getting his monies again and feeling like, okay, people are turning. And it's not just mental exercise and argument with people. But when he goes to Jerusalem, these brothers and sisters are going to be highly rejoicing of everything that they hear. And I've thought about it sometimes that when we give testimony, it seems so easy and so glorious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people say, you're amazing. How did you do all these things? Yeah, yeah. While in our own ways, we know what it costs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is this old, old saying where somebody says, don't envy someone because you don't know what they had to pay for it or what the cost of this is. Exactly. And missionaries and apostles, they pay Mm. with their life. Mm. It really is sweat and blood and a heartache. In many ways, you are so rejoicing when you hear that those churches are doing well where he Mm. went through. When when Timothy and Silas come and say that that, uh, the other churches are doing well and they love him and they send him money and they're praying for him and they're loving one another and God, that's what will build them up and gives them strength to go forward. All right. Then we see someone called Apollos, very Greek name, but the Bible says this is a Jew named Apollos Mm -hmm. and that happened often in in Greek, they would call it. It's a shorter version of the name Apollonia. Apollonia. Mm -hmm. And um, he's from Alexandria. Uh, we've heard about the famous library of Alexandria, mm-hmm. again, the huge school, the center of philosophy, study, mm-hmm. sciences, every book. Alexander mm-hmm. the Great built the city in Egypt, 
and decided that every book in the world should be in this library. Every thought of men and (laughs) every humankind amazing thing needs to be there. Mm. And of course it was destroyed in fire as far as we know. Mm. It's uh, most of it is absolutely gone. But this idea that Apollos is coming from that place, he is a Jew, he has been well-educated in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, the word, the exact word here in translated is he was powerful in scriptures. So he was so well-trained in scriptures that mm-hmm. he was able to put Jesus and Old Testament together, refuting the Jews and showing that Jesus is the um, savior, is the mm-hmm. Messiah. So doing a very similar work to Paul mm-hmm. and of course the uh, Priscilla and um, Aquila. But uh, Paul went already uh, to a uh, to the church, and now in uh, Ephesus, then Priscilla and Aquila are hearing how uh, Apollo Apollos is talking, and it says in uh, verse twenty five, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. John. Mm-hmm. And that's such a little, little thing. And we wonder, okay, what is the different uh, baptism then? And obviously we know that the whole power in the book of Acts and the Mm -hmm. promise of the father by Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ Mm -hmm. is a baptism with the Holy Spirit for the power and in the communion of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. So apparently he is teaching the repentance and the water baptism just as John did but had fallen short or did not know yet about the infilling of the spirit. Mm. So it does not say explicitly what they are doing, but Mm. apparently uh, Priscilla and Aquila are taking him on a side. It very Mm. much means that probably for dinner at home, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. that they lifted their hands and said, hey, you're wrong Mm. going here. You're not telling the full truth. Mm -hmm. It was very graceful edifying way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thought that kind of came to me too is Priscilla and Aquila are actually a craftsmen. They are handy workers. They're mm-hmm. the married couple that are actually pretty fresh in faith as much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, much as we know. Right. Now comes this Apollos from Alexandria, the mm-hmm. highly educated yeah. orator mm-hmm. who has been taught in highly, highly, highly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they support and love him mm-hmm. with this love that actually approaches and edifies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it, is. it is. And maybe even more amazing is that that man loves God enough and is humble enough mm-hmm. to absorb it and yeah. learn from them. Right. And, right. Then, and then after talking with them, mm-hmm. Uh, let me change this page here. Uh, so they taught him more accurately. And when he wished to cross the Achaia, yes, they will give them the letters. And then at 28, it says, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus, the Messiah, the powerful one, the mm-hmm. anointed one was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um There is this man now that's going to be uh, mentioned in the Bible several times again and again and again. Let me see if I have them written here. You know that place where where Paul is actually chastising Corinthians and saying, hey, don't say I'm for Apollos and I'm for this and I'm for that. (laughs) 
and I'm yeah. for Paul and I'm for yeah. Jesus yeah. because the idea is none of that matters we are all in Christ correct um, mm-hmm. I'll put that in the notes because I, I love mm-hmm. that I feel like we do that sometimes too mm-hmm. we, we mm-hmm. go into oh you know I am from this yeah particular belief but yeah no it's about the word of god yes. that is revealed to us by mm-hmm. the holy spirit mm-hmm. and just as priscilla and aquila were were approaching mm-hmm. this great orator and saying mm-hmm. there are certain things that we would like mm-hmm. to show you and what they mm-hmm. did absolutely they would open up the word mm-hmm. they wouldn't say this is my opinion mm-hmm. they would show more accurately yeah Mm-hmm. Now, this place, Lalita, has taken a lot of, um, actually caused a lot of writings and a lot of arguments in churches, uh, because this is one of those places where it appears that Priscilla being the lead mm-hmm. has approached someone mm-hmm. um, and actually, in a way, taught or edified mm. a, a speaker who is a male. Yeah. And... Um, that uh, now the words are a little bit different when it says took aside and explained that word there is ectitemi and it means to expose and make it plain and comprehensible make it understandable how exactly Mm -hmm. these things work um and and priscilla seems to be that person in galatians 3 28 then paul is saying the same thing too and now think just i want the ladies also to take that moment Sometimes we make small things big and bigger things small. Mm. And I find that the whole idea of women um, being not able to teach or having to be quiet in the church has made so big in some points that we forget that the whole Bible talks about there is no Jew or Gentiles, there is no slave or um, free, there is no male and female, Female. for you are all one in Christ Christ. Jesus. There is no black or white. There is no rich or poor. There is no educated and non-educated, but Christ in all, through the Holy Spirit, we should heed to that spirit. And and that goes through the whole Testament. Old Testament, we see women Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit being stirred up and used in certain situations and the same in the New Testament too. So I'd like to just be, kind of cause people to to maybe meditate on it a little bit. That mm. let the big things be big. Mm. Do we, Lolita? Do we want to press ourselves to be teachers of everybody everywhere? No, I oh. have no, mm. <laughs> I have no desire. Mm. But I would like us to have in churches this freedom to hear what the Holy Spirit says, rather than right. looking if a person is wearing, you know, a shirt, skirt, or a pants. You know, it's not yeah. important. Rather yeah. than Let's hear what the church, uh, what the spirit says to the churches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see a humble man receives mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and he's growing in power and strength. Later, we're seeing uh, Apollos meant in many times and he becomes a great co-worker with Paul. Um, so God raised up someone uh, for the church. Okay, so the letter of recommendation, let's touch on that one too. So that was a very standard practice in Greco-Roman society. Um, you, you remember that Paul himself actually got some letters in order to chase some Christians down. You know, it was for him to approach a city and say, hey, yeah. this is what we do. He mm. needed letters as well in, mm-hmm. in um, not, Acts 9 too. But then in Corinthia, that was an extremely important thing. Corinthians were funny about that. It was all about 
the fame, what is told about you, what is your claim to fame, basically. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3, um, I wanted to bring that in where Paul kind of speaks against it and says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? Mm. And I like what he says next. You yourselves are our letter, mm. written on our hearts, known and read, read by everyone. Wherever you go, you don't need to hand out the letter of saying, oh, look, I'm, I'm worthy. Mm. No. Your spirit, the way you function and how you minister to the Lord is a letter that everyone can through the spirit recognize mm -hmm. and um, verse three there you show that you are a letter from Christ the result of our ministry written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts mm -hmm. and Paul himself actually um, did not look it up, I might but to put it in the notes, one of my favorite parts is where he says, I could boast, I could do these um, letters and everything, but I want the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to you when I come. So it's not that place where he actually goes and starts um, boasting. He's saying, I will now speak as man because you caused me to. It's a separate place where he says, I don't want you to sell me to anybody. I want the Spirit to work. Mm -hmm. as and when I come. Mm -hmm. And um, in our society, I think that kind of flies into the center of what we oftentimes assume should be done. Yeah. You know, if, if a famous speaker comes, we mm -hmm. want to send out as many letters and advertise. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying the word, the information should go out. Mm -hmm. But I do think that overselling or, mm -hmm. or saying there's going to be this and that happening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, could be something that we are as, as too assumptious about. Yeah. yeah. Did you have thoughts here? No, um, just just the overall message of this chapter, you know, and things that we learn. We always learn new things in every chapter. And in this one, it is about God's strength being made perfect in our weakness. And then it's about God's heart for people. It doesn't matter what kind of society they live in, whether they are dirt poor and, you know, um, struggling to make both ends meet or whether it is a society where everybody's or most people are very wealthy and you know they don't care to uh, to follow god or to seek god yet god knows in those very cities who are the people who are seeking him and he seeks to reach them and then what you just shared Kulvi, which is so beautiful about uh, apollos being so humble to learn from aquila and priscilla who were relatively new in the faith. And he was such a learned man. He could have had the attitude, who are you to try and come and teach yes. me? You know, yeah. but he was so humble. And he um, he learned from Aquila and Priscilla and, uh, you know, when they explained the scriptures. And also to, uh, I mean, I commend Aquila and Priscilla as well, you know, for being so relatively new in the faith for them to take on to teaching, um, to teaching what uh, what the Holy Spirit and what Paul had uh, taught them, and what they had also learned for themselves, and to uh, to spread that information and not just keep it to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we've often mentioned it, but I will mention it again. I do think that it boils down to this idea, the Jewish idea, that if you know the truth, mm -hmm. if you know 
better, mm -hmm. then it's sin to hold it back from your neighbor. Mm -hmm. You know, again, that same idea as Paul is saying, you know, your blood now on your own head because mm -hmm. we have told you. So, um, you know, we, we hear about the Muslim families where the mm -hmm. people can be killed because they become Christians, right. yeah. but they still say that they do. And they say mm -hmm. that Jesus is the Messiah and they say that Jesus is the son of God mm -hmm. because for them, that would be sinful to mm. not let that family know. Mm. It was like catch 2020. I have yeah. to share the truth with you. You can kill me after mm. if, you, if that's what you are going to do. But mm. that's also, and the same with Paul. He says that oftentimes. I, he goes after the Jews for two reasons. First of all, Jesus himself said that I came first to the Jews and then Gentiles. Mm. Remember, Jesus' right. ministry was oftentimes right. that way. Yeah. yeah. And even today, when we go into different places, um, we should be very mindful of Jews because mm -hmm. they are the, cho the chosen, you know, the, the benefits of the totally different uh, um, promises mm -hmm. that are very specific. And they should mm -hmm. know there should mm -hmm. not be one Jew who does not mm -hmm. know it. But yeah. then as or if they re uh, reject it, mm -hmm. that's when you go on the street and call, OK, these banquet, you know, remember the right. proverb yeah. about the yeah. Yeah. banquet. Mm -hmm. um, it's the same idea the first uh -huh. people said i'm too busy i don't care yeah, yeah but but now you're on the street and saying come everybody who's thirsty mm. everybody mm -hmm. who loves this master mm -hmm. everybody has an open door until it is shut mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what paul is doing mm -hmm. he can't be quiet mm -hmm. um yeah the verse where uh, the lord says it's interesting to hear too he says do not be afraid but go on speaking and do not be silent did paul mm think that he is going to be silent i sometimes i i wonder how serious was it that the lord mm. had to say don't be mm. silent mm. yeah he must have been tired right. yeah it yeah. seems like you know mm -hmm. you get one and two but mm. the main mm -hmm. flow is against you mm -hmm. main flow is always against you mm -hmm. and in the flesh we do become weak and you're mm -hmm. right later he mm -hmm. talks about the secret of being strong in the weakness mm -hmm. but in order for us to learn it we need to hit that weakness. Yeah, yeah. Lord, make sure that we find our weaknesses too. And then his glory comes always mm. through. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> monies come through, Lalita. When we need monies in the kingdom yeah. of uh, work, work mm -hmm. of the kingdom, he will send in due time. Mm -hmm. When we need workers, supporters, mm -hmm. prayer partners, mm -hmm. when we need rooms to gather or places to go he mm. will show you know holy spirit mm. is living and alive in us mm. and maybe for the ladies too one of my desires and our desires has been that this would not be a learning of uh, history alone it's so easy to say you know what that mm. was the first church mm. that was when it was and now we're in a different place but remember yeah. the latter rain and the latter days the things mm -hmm. that you said about the latter days mm -hmm. more powerful than the first days yes it says yeah. they will do greater deeds I than i right. did right yeah. mm -hmm. and it wouldn't be fit into the books if everything mm -hmm. would be written what's going mm -hmm. to be done so when we are in heaven we will hear of people we have never heard about who have done things and seen things and gone through hardships with the lord miraculously that are not even famous don't have mm -hmm. recommendation letters but we will know them by the spirit and it's written in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We should recognize one another by that. It's not about anything else. Yes.
Yeah, well, let's finish up in a prayer. Mm, sure. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is not dimmed out or cooled down in any way today. Father, as we pray that you would fill our hearts, stir us up, that we would be able to walk in the gifts of the Spirit that we have maybe totally hidden and don't even know what or where they are. We may never have even tried to mm -hmm. step out in the faith or done anything that is um, not reasonable in human um, standards. But we ask, Father, in these days when the needs are high and our brothers and sisters are, are drying up, unless you start showing your power and your um, suf sufficiency for these days, Lord, mm -hmm. then we ask that we would be obedient and mm -hmm. we would be faithful in what you do. We thank you that Paul did not stop there. We thank you that he continued speaking out loudly. We thank you that the next chapters in the book of Acts are only showing how much deeper, further, and more fervently Paul grew. Until the day he died, he was fervent for you. And we ask, Father, that we would also not grow dimmer, but stronger mm -hmm. and more zealous. Mm -hmm. So that when you come, we will know you face to face. You would recognize us from afar because mm -hmm. we've seen each other in the spirit already. Amen. We love you, Lord. Bless our church. Bless our brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And let us not know each other by the flesh alone, but by the spirit. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.